0: You are listening to the Echo Church podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. Hey everybody, welcome down to the Echo Church podcast. Uh, we have a great message today. It is week six of Echo Church. It is hard to believe. Um, and we have a special guest down in the studio. That's okay. my child running into the mic stand. Everybody heard that. Uh, Down in the studio today, we have Scott Scholl. Scott, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, People, if they've attended Echo Church, which we hope they have or are soon to, will have known you from the introduction of service and the exiting of service.
1: Yes, I I get to be the, we called it the airline stewardess for a while there, but yes, that's me. Brilliant, brilliant. And today, you're gonna share with us you did a, some
0: special music for the service. <laughs> special like is a good say. word for it, yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people couldn't make it, and I was trying to find the best way to share with them, and I just couldn't find a good video or a really good rendition. So I wanted to get it in high def for everybody <laughs> to hear your song so we can share it over the airwaves here and... Um, Why don't you give us a quick introduction and just take it away? I'm excited to hear this.
1: And so instead of trying to do like flowers or I don't know what corny things most churches do to celebrate their pastors, I decided to write a really terrible song. And so what we're going to do is I'm just going to take some little snippets of the song today and play them for you celebrating uh, the first part will celebrate Andy, and then we'll have a little part that celebrates Christy, and then we'll have a part that celebrates Sam and a part that celebrates Cordy, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Take it away.
2: <laughs> do you even need those glasses? Why do you hate red dots so much? You rock that millennial man bun. Where did your blue blaze it go? You are really bad. And your van's probably running too You forgot the first day of school And a constant case of FOMO Sam, you are a rock star For putting up with Echo Kids and Dexter too The mother of Ezra and Hey Jude And the greatest camp counselor Cordy's hair makes Andy jealous or two you run like six dozen businesses only children unite we
1: You say yeah. Give him a clap? I don't think he's super impressed. I don't think he is impressed. He looks scared more than anything.
0: So traditionally here on the Echo Church podcast, uh, we like to do deep dives where we go into sermons that Andy has done. Um, However, I'd like to quickly do a deep dive on this song. Uh, I think that'd probably be more appropriate today. Uh, There's one line that I wanna bring clarity to. This might not be known by everybody, but there's a line in your song where you said, uh, you're really bad at parking, is your van on? In reference to Christy, Could
1: you illuminate for us uh, what that means? So, a few weeks ago, well, first of all, Christy, as well as myself, is really a terrible parker. Like, dead, drives straight over the line, half into two spots, bad at parking. And so that's part of that, but the van running was definitely the funny part. Uh, So, it was like 10 after eight, or 20 after eight, and we were getting ready for some parking things outside, and so I'd gone outside, and I walked out the door, and I was like, you know, I think that's Christy's van. And I think she's been here for like an hour, and it happens to be running, so I walked over and asked her, and she's like, she had that look on her face, like, oh. and so yes, we uh, we got some video of her uh, of her van running for excess of an hour. So Kirstie left;
0: uh, she just <laughs> left her her van yeah. doors open, running, ready to ready to roll. I forgot
1: about the doors open, but you're right. Actually, the yeah. doors were
0: open. It's yeah. pretty great. That's that's very good. Um, <laughs> my son talking about Echo Church <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Let's take a, a quick break from this deep dive. Hold on. Let's take him upstairs. <laughs> you know, another line that I want to dive into, because I, well, first of all, I want to say that your your thought into these lyrics was meaningful, and there was a lot of purpose here. Um, do you even need those glasses? That's to Andy. He, he wears glasses, um, I should say, sometimes, and sometimes he doesn't. Um, and there's kind of a deeper meaning and context of, Um, being a pastor and whatnot. Scott, so why don't you, why don't you fill us in on that lyric there? So I don't know
1: if you guys are big, like, I don't know. I just follow a lot of people on Instagram and mostly I follow a lot of people because it makes me laugh, even though they're not really trying to make me laugh. And so there's some really trendy pastors that wear uh, like glasses frames without glasses in them. And so there's these pictures out there of like four and five and six of these really cool, like millennial Fancy pastors that are wearing not real glasses. And so I decided that was a good chance to take a shot at Andy.
0: I agree. We need. We can neither confirm nor deny that they are real. Um, we might need a note from his doctor on that to confirm. If he that. starts wearing
1: wire frames that don't have any glass in them, I'm really going to lose my mind, though. <laughs>
0: This has been fun, Scott. This is uh, this is week number six for Echo Church. This is actually the last uh, service in the We Are the Echo series, which is crazy uh, to think that this intro,
1: the intro is over. It's crazy when you think about this is, I mean, we do, I feel like we have milestones every week. I feel like we have something that, but I mean, this is the first sermon series coming to an end. And that's a, that's a big deal. It's, yeah. I, I mean for, I mean, for you guys being around for, I mean, and really planning this for as long as you have, for us to be around, it's just, it's the culmination of so many things. And it's really neat to see people hit their stride. It's really neat to see people getting involved. It's really neat seeing, it doesn't feel so much like something that's brand new and started yesterday. Instead, you're seeing some establishment. You're seeing people come back again and again. I, my favorite part has been
0: um, going out in the in the lobby between services and just quickly running into people um, for, you know, three, four, five, six weeks in a row now, um, it's just been a cool experience to these people that, um, you know, you didn't really know if they were going to come or not. And, um, you know, to see them coming back and, and enjoying it and and learning and, you know, having that purpose in their place and, and people and um, seeing that come to life in reality has been really cool. Now, six weeks in, it's kind of, it's happened. If it's you happened. think
1: about it, there are people that you didn't know six weeks ago that now, you know, And now it's not like you met, I don't know, it's just interesting to watch the depth of those relationships really grow over that six weeks. Maybe kind of a call to action for folks that are listening to the podcast
0: you've been attending over the last six weeks um, is now would be a great time to get involved if you haven't. Agreed. Um, We'd we'd love to have you a part of a team, any team, um, just because it's fun. Um, Like, so worship and what we do, uh, you know, we started out there maybe just like four or five of us, um, you know, part of the core team. And now we've really grown and expanded that. And, um, you know, I, I, I hopefully, I don't know if the worship team listens to this. I, we'll find out. Um, but I I feel like we're getting to be good friends. Um, hopefully. Again. There's lots
1: of, la- like the cool thing about <laughs> it is we're not just like, so a lot of us get there really early on Sundays. And what I like hearing now is we're all still doing the same work, but the joking and the smiling yeah. and the laughing and all the things that are going on around it, uh, yeah. You know, I don't want to give a little, I want to give a little shout out to one of the guys on the worship team if that's okay, or one of the yeah, guys. Yeah, we all yeah. set up. so Blake Gasky, like a week ago, I was getting ready to leave. I was one of the last people there, and I see Blake walking out after everything was done for a worship teardown, and his arms are like full of water bottles and stuff. like just nobody was around. He was the last guy out there, so. Uh, just a shout out there. Hopefully we can get Blake and Echo of the Week here or something there like that. There you
0: go. There you go. We're, we're rooting for you, Blake. Um, no, but so like, I, you know, if you want to become part of a team and hopefully make some friends and have some fun every week with us, um, make sure to, to get plugged in and get involved in some
1: way because it's been great. Well, and it's not a skill set issue too. It's not like you need to know how to do, yeah. I mean, to be totally honest, none of us really knew how to do any of this stuff yeah. as of two or three months ago. So no, it's just coming out with us and we promise it'll, it's a good time. Awesome. Well, let's get into this. This was
0: a, a really good message. Andy and Christy tag team this um, this message this week because Christy was back from doing Echo Culture. Um, and make sure to catch that next time if you didn't last time. That is the first and second week of the month. Christy does that. So um, make sure to check that out in November if you missed it in October. But great message. Let's get into it.
3: Today, what we want to do is talk about how can we balance living with purpose or having this, this God-given birthed purpose in each and every one of us, but yet staying on mission. And, and I think like this is the one where it's just like, honestly, like eating popcorn without salt. It just doesn't make sense. It's like eating pizza without cheese. My youngest daughter cannot eat cheese, or my oldest daughter, she doesn't, (laughs) you you preach. (laughs) We're going on a three-day trip here uh, tomorrow, so.
4: And we need it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You guys are getting to know us. Um, (laughs) We are sarcastic, but we do. Um, but my point is, is, it's like eating pizza without cheese. And it's just sometimes it doesn't make sense. And I think when it comes to following Christ and and coming to church and trying to learn, it's like learning without applying. And Christy and I, we've been caught in that type of trap where we, we come up with this grand idea of something we want to accomplish, but we never actualize in it into reality. And I had this dream when I was just the ripe old age of my mid thirties. And I went to this youth convention and there was this illusionist and he was so good. He was so inspiring. And after I left that youth convention, it should have been like, I should have been left inspired to like be a better Christian, a better pastor. But instead I was inspired to be a better illusionist. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> you guys. And, and so dude, I went and bought the DVDs.
4: This was before Amazon Prime. So well, this yeah. was a while ago. And so Andy starts having these packages shipped to our house for, of like special decks of cards. And he, there was a glove. There was a glove. I don't know what you're talking there was about. tricks.
3: Christy, those are secrets. Those are trade secrets. <laughs> yes.
4: And what Andy would do is he's like, to be an illusionist, I must practice on everyone we come in contact with. So we would be having meals with people, people would be over, and Andy would pull out the deck of cards and have people pick from the card. Is anyone in this room, did he, did he do this to you? No, it was
3: me. awful. Uh, it was great.
4: It was awful. So he came to the it realization- was, It was a great
3: idea, but I could never actualize it into actually living it out. And Christy, why don't you confess now? Sure, can do that. <laughs> so,
4: we definitely have been known, you know, some may call it a phase or, you know, impulsive decisions when you think you're like, I'm all in, I'm going to commit to this, I'm going to do this. And I'll, I'm the queen of like telling a lot of people to before I actually think through the whole process. But one example that I have is every time I think I need to drink more water, I, I must buy a water bottle like a new hotter bottle to drink more water. Does anyone do that? So there I am in the target mm. aisle picking out the new water bottle. We have an entire cupboard of water bottles. Some last three days where they're ice cold. You know, some need the, the special like new metal straw, you know, all the things. And so instead of just drinking water, I'm like, I need to buy the water bottle before I drink. Another one is I have been known to buy workout clothes before working out. (laughs) So if I buy the new outfit, then I
3: will work out. Mm, It's a great idea. In fact, you all need to know this is when I met Chris... Christy for the very first time she literally like came up into this apartment and she was like like sweating just so perfectly and the the light was glistening and she was so beautiful and she had her sweatpants on I was like oh hey I'm Andy she's like I'm Christy I just took a run
4: five miles I think I threw in there too anyway five that's the last run. time
3: she's ever run in her life
4: <laughs> thank you I'm gonna have a seat now
3: you are good <laughs> you go run to that Thanks, seat Thanks. I will <laughs> Oh, <sighs> Oh, thank you for laughing um, really at me today, so I appreciate it. Uh, but today what I want to do is uh, go ahead and open up a biblical example of, of some people that had, I think, a great idea, but, but struggled to actualize and, and live on mission. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Exodus 18 and Exodus 19. We're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the context and kind of what leads into this. And then eventually uh, I'm going to try to connect the dots to the New Testament reference in Luke 10. Uh, and really the story about the the Good Samaritans. So just bear with me. Uh, but I, I think uh, this will reveal um, one of those things where I think it's not just us that, that, that live with purpose, but sometimes have a difficulty to stay on mission. So the point in Exodus 18, when we get to that, the Israelites have already been delivered from Egypt. Uh, they've crossed the Red Sea. They're, they've received manna from heaven, you know, really sustenance and a sustainability through the hand of God while they're in the desert. And they even defeated a man named Amalek and his nation. And, and so like obviously God is alongside of them. And then they roll into Midian. And what's significant about Midian or near Midian is that's where Moses ran to after he Tried to deliver the Egyptians, or, Egypt, or the Israelites from the Egyptians, hand, like hand to hand combat, more or less. And then he fled, and when he went there, he got married. And he got married to this man named Jethro, which uh, at this point, Jethro, as they're coming out of Egypt and navigating through the desert, Jethro comes to Moses, and Moses begins to tell him what God had done for Israel and with them and in Exodus 18:8 8, it says Moses told his father-in-law about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and about all the hardships they had met along the way, but also how the Lord had rescued them. And then he went on and told them a few other things. And, and, and in Exodus 8, 11, Jethro responds after hearing all the great things that God did for the Israelites. Jethro replies and says, now I know that the Lord is greater than any other gods. Any other gods. I believe that this is the picture of the effect that God intended Israel to have on his people. That this was God's intent, that he didn't deliver Israel with just the purpose that would be a purpose unto themselves, but a purpose that would be unto the world for all peoples. Exodus 18, 12, then it says this, which I think is deeply significant. And also I think it shows the depth of of witness and response in Jethro and Moses, what was going on in the story. It says this, then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with him, who was the priest of all the elders of Israel and the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses, his father-in-law, in the presence of God. I think that this is the picture of God's purpose and his mission hitting and colliding and meshing together. It's the invitation of people into worship. It's the invitation of people into communion, the table with God and a relationship with God personally. And I think this is just a great little picture that leads up to the next portion of scripture that I want to go ahead and read. And that's in Exodus 19. It says, in the third month, the people of Israel had left the land of Egypt. And, and then all of a sudden, God kind of stepped up and, and called God, or called Moses kind of up the mountain. And Moses has said, went up to God. The Lord called from the mountain. And then he said this, here's what you were to say to the Israelites. You've seen what I did. I carried on eagle's wings and I brought you to myself. And then tell him this. And this is in Exodus 19, 5. And I think this is an extremely important scripture when it comes to our purpose. And in our mission, he says this. Now, if you obey me fully and you keep my covenant. Now, let me just pause here. My covenant. Sometimes in some references, it will talk about my commands as well. But this specific rendition says covenant. What I like about that is this is a reference to the, the covenant that Abraham and God made together. But what's was crazy is Abram thought he was making the covenant with God. And then all of a sudden, God stepped up and took care of the whole thing, paid the whole price. And so God is in essence saying, now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, covenant, which God is the one who did most of the work, if not all of it, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. And although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a nation that is set apart. I believe that this is the purpose and this is the mission that God is putting the Israelites on. And I believe that this is the same mission and the same purpose that God wants us to be on. God is calling us to be priests. Now, when I was chatting with Christy uh, last night and we were kind of just going over what we were going to talk about this morning, Christy said, "I got to be honest with you every time you bring up priests, like like I have a certain perspective of what priests are today, maybe in the Catholic church or, you know, other, um, other religions and things like that. But like, I don't really know what you mean when you talk about it. And so what I want to tell you that when I say, uh, when I believe that he says a kingdom of priests, what God was calling people to be is a kingdom of mediators. Let me go a little bit further. That's just one little term and a modern day term. But I believe the priest purpose was to be committed to worship, the worship of the one true God, was committed to, to participating and making communion happen and table and the meal with God in a direct relationship and direct access to God and also being a direct representation to or for God, I believe that this is the calling that God has for us, even still today. All this to say, after he, he tells Moses comes down the mountain, he reports this back to the crowd, and he tells them a few specific things. And in, in verse 8, I kind of snicker when I read this because and I kind of like maybe internally laugh because I think it's so many things are so easier said than done. And then in the moment and in the crowd, sometimes we can just get hyped up and we're like, yeah, we can do it. And we get so excited. And, and, and so Moses reports everything. And in verse eight, he says, this is how people respond after hearing what Mo- Moses had said or what God had told Moses to tell them. They said, we will do everything the Lord has said. They were so optimistic. They were so excited about living with their purpose and within their purpose. Uh, and, And if you didn't know anything about the Bible, you would just go ahead and assume that the next thing you would read is about how the people of God entered the promised land. And all the nations around them find rescue and relationship and restoration. But if we're being honest about scripture, we read kind of the opposite. And we have some high points where people really live within their purpose and they stay on mission. But for the most part, we see only like mountain peaks of that. But we see so many things and so many times where, yeah, we knew the Israelites Israelites had purpose, but they could not live within that mission. And I just want to tell you about the crowd, man. I really think the crowd, we, we love to hear that we have purpose, but a few of us will agree to actually stay and live on mission. And I think you're sitting there staring at me because you understand that from time to time, it's just not easy to do exactly what God has set before us. It's hard to stay on that track. And and what I want to do is jump ahead 1,500 years to to Luke, no big deal. And I want to connect some dots here. So if you have your Bibles, open up to to Luke chapter 10. And I've read a little bit of this portion a few weeks ago, uh, but it's a portion of scripture in verse 25, so 10 verse 25, uh, where there's an expert of the Torah and he's standing up and he's trying to trick Jesus and he's asking him, what is the most important command that we can live out? And, and Jesus says, hey, it's to, to love God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your strength, but also to love your neighbor as yourself. And what happens is this, is the, the expert of the law responds back, and he says this, wanting to justify himself, he says this, but who's my neighbor then? And Jesus, I think, shares one of the most iconic stories in the New Testament. Uh, about, the, I believe, the purpose that he's put on us or the purpose he's put within us and the mission that he wants us to be on. And I don't think it's a coincidence who he mentions in this story to go ahead and prick our attention and how difficult it is sometimes to live and balance out purpose and mission. So let me just go ahead and read that. And he says this in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And uh, when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes. They beat him. They went away, leaving him half dead. And then who shows up on the scene? It's a priest. A priest happened to be going down that same road. And when he saw that man, he passed by on the other side. And I really believe in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that, that God's word is God's breathing. And, 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 and it's a, it can be a two, uh, a double-edged sword that's meant to lead us and guide us and, and pierce us in certain areas. And, and I believe if God was going to lead us anywhere today, it's, it's this picture of that God ordained 615, 1600 years before that this was supposed, this is the kingdom uh, of people that were supposed to be living within purpose and on mission but so easy it is for us to just walk the other way. And then beyond that, I find it absolutely uh, riveting that he goes ahead and brings up another uh, spiritual person, an advisor within the temple and temple worship, and that's a Levite. And they would they would do like ordinary everyday tasks that kind of keep the, 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 the temple rolling. At the same time, they a lot of people believe that they led worship there. And so first a pastor's walking down the road, and sees this bloodied and maimed and, and robbed individual, instead of worshiping God through helping people, they kept on task and hoping that they could only worship in the house of God. And the same thing happens as the, the, the worship leader comes and they do the same exact thing. And then, and then absolutely the craziest thing he could do is he brought up the people that the Jewish people didn't like, and that was the Samaritan. The Samaritan was the person that could not worship in the temple. In fact, if they got near, there would be temple guards and they would escort and maybe even kill them for trying to get into the temple and making it unclean. So I think it's absolutely uh, what a message and a story for Jesus to say this is that a priest in Levi, they know they have such a significant purpose and they know that they have to live in mission But at the same time, what we as humans do is a lot of times just put things in really nice little neat drawers and say, no, but God, this is where I want to worship you. And we forget that when we're walking along the road, that maybe this is the place that we can best worship God. That was a great opportunity to say amen, or at least say, oh me, like, yeah, God, I just was driving here on highway 52 and I drove someone off the road almost because they cut me off. Sometimes it's difficult to stay on mission. And in verse 36, as I conclude uh, the portion of the teaching here, and we kind of turn into, into application, it says, which of these three things... uh, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the one who fell in the hands of the robber? And the expert of the law with, I think, the hatred of the Samaritan in mind, he couldn't even say the Samaritan, so he said the one who had mercy on him. And then Jesus looked at him and said this, go and do likewise. When it comes to purpose, I really believe this. We want the platform. We love the idea, but we don't want the parameters. When it, comes to the pre, uh, when it comes to purpose, we want the priestly, priestly benefits, but we don't want the priestly responsibilities. When it comes to our faith, we strive to have and live within purpose, but we don't want a mission that might inconvenience us. What was significant about the priest and Levite, a lot of commentaries and and theologians believed that they were heading to Jerusalem to potentially go and do the work in the temple. And if they were to touch someone that was dirty and bloody and help them, it would take them out of the ability to serve in the temple. But God is sitting here and saying, you know, maybe it's time to begin to blend. It's, begin, it's time to go ahead and say, you know what, maybe things are meant to be in a drawer, that we serve God here and only in this context, but in this other context, we're not able to do so. New Testament leaders, they, they return uh, this priestly body concept or this priestly, a nation concept, of priests, and they use it in the reference to the body of Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 12 says, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And you're sitting here today because you were called to the body of Christ. Your purpose is to be the priest, to be a priest, to be a delegate, to be a mediator, to be a representation of God.
4: When we were preparing for today's message, I had this illustration pop up in my mind that I wanted to share with you guys. And when we were thinking about just the story that Andy just read in the Bible in regards to responding and rescuing and just mission and purpose, I I saw a car accident. And being in Rochester, you know, with so many people that are first responders or work in the medical profession, I just, and I have arrived on car accident scenes before, and I just was thinking about how if you are in uniform and you're a first responder, let's say you're a cop or a firefighter, you're a nurse or you're a doctor, and you are in uniform and you're leaving a shift, you'd automatically pull over, or you're working and you are doing your job. But I think a lot of times that we use the uniform or what we wear for work as an excuse, well, that's when I'm there. And what I was... Processing and thinking is that God wants us to not compartmentalize our life. You know, He wants us to merge our worlds. And I think of people when I've arrived on car accidents, and I have no medical background. I mean, I was a lifeguard in '99. That's about it, and which doesn't do anything. Just so you know. And I just think that so often we respond to circumstances or crisis or when someone's hurting, and we want to put our hands up or we want to just keep on driving. But so often, you know, you can be on an airplane or you can be somewhere when someone's choking in a restaurant and it comes out like, I'm a nurse, let me help. You know, and people are yelling. And that is what God wants us to do. He wants us to see the need. And we had a meeting dinner at our house a month ago. And we had some core people from Echo. And we were just like, you know, dreaming and planning for the church. And there was a massive thunderstorm going on. And we live up on a hill just a couple miles away. and. Thunder and lightning struck our like neighborhood so hard that like our house was physically shaking. And we all you know like were caught off guard. And then on our someone was on Facebook who lives in our neighborhood and saw that they saw smoke in our neighborhood and a house potentially was on fire or it was affected by this thunder and lightning. And Isaac, I'm gonna pick on Isaac here, he's in the second row, but Isaac's a firefighter for his job, for his career, and he was not on shift. But immediately when when Jamie read it, it was like shoes were on and he was flying out the door to go help this family. And their house actually was struck. They are okay. But seeing him in that moment, it's just that picture, that illustration that God is calling you, God is calling me to not put our hands up, to not like hide. And I think that so often that we either, maybe we don't even know our purpose. Maybe we don't know our mission. Or you're like, well, I'm not in the medical field you know, and just apply this to your life personally or spiritually. And I think a lot of times that we just want to compartmentalize our life or we don't want to blend it together or we don't want to even tell people like, well, they don't know I'm in, I'm in a new environment. They don't know what I'm, what I'm good at or what I'm trained in. And so it's just taking that
3: ownership. When Christy mentioned, you know, first responder or, you know, you talk about a nurse or a doctor, you have an outfit, you have uh, what am I looking for? A uniform. a uniform. And I think when you're in that uniform, it's this reminder of who you are. Yeah. And the purpose you have, but yet it reminds you that you're on this mission. And at any moment you are to respond and um, you know, Christy has has done this really well, but she's created all this church merch, and and uh, some of you've purchased some and hats, and and so we've also at the same time we've got some flack and some opinions, that we're like, well, why are you doing it? You seem a little vain, or you're know, just trying to make money, which, by the way, we aren't. And <laughs> but but what I'm trying to say is this: is there's there's one little. Uh, piece of um clothing that we made that said we're all about the rescue and we've got a little flack about that like how prideful is it that you would make that type of shirt and for me what when i see that tur- shirt and when i wear that shirt what, it's not meant to be this prideful state of like hey look at us we're trying to do this what it is it's a reminder yeah. that when i don't want to be on mission that i should be on mission yeah. When I have that on the back of my jacket and I'm walking around in Rochester, it's just this eerie kind of like reminder that like, am I actually on mission or do I just say it? And I think when we walk in our everyday, ordinary life as Christians, I think from time to time, we just need that reminder. From time to time, we need to be reminded that yes, God has given us a purpose, but man, we are to stay on mission. That God has called us to make a difference.
4: And the shift never ends right? Yes. I know I've said that when Andy walks in the door, and I say, you're up, you're on shift with the kids. I'm over <laughs> it. Anyone do that? Just me. Which
3: is telling you, me, that your shift is done.
4: My shift. I know. That's what I'm confessing <laughs> shifts, right now. Shifts never I'm done. working on it. <laughs> but no, we have a tool, a book that we reference a lot here at the church that we love, and it's by Eric Reese. The book is SHAPE, and it's an acronym. And I just want to break that down for you guys. And we really think every single person should read it it's amazing so s in shape is spiritual gifts and spiritual gifts are caught not taught and a lot of times it's just things that god has equipped you we all are different shapes we all have different strengths weaknesses and sometimes you know them sometimes it's someone pulling it out of you i know for me that it was a pastor 20 years ago investing in me and really pushing me to pray I never grew up praying out loud. I prayed, you know, like in my heart or in my mind, but verbally just didn't ever pray out loud. And I was like, well, I'm never gonna do that. I don't wanna do that. That's scary. That's weird. And then this pastor just kept going, Christy, I think this is like a gift of yours. And so investing in me. So sometimes you know your spiritual gifts. Sometimes it's a leader or a pastor seeing that and pulling it out of you. Um, H is heart. So what are things that you guys are passionate about? You know, what is a cause? Maybe you guys have causes like, Locally, if you're passionate about, you know, helping people with addiction, maybe it's helping people that are homeless. Maybe it's in the medical world, like what cause gets you like super excited and what are easy things that make your heart start racing when you hear about topics like I like you can't not help or sit down. Um, A is ability. So what are your natural like things that you are good at? And also with abilities, I think it's just as important to own what you're not good at. I have a lot of things that I'm not good at. And so it's just leaning into those things and not being a victim either. Well, I have nothing to bring, but God, what are my natural abilities? What are my strengths? What are things like, even if it is a trade or a work, like what you can do that's bigger than you? P is personality. I think that it's always overwhelming and amazing when I look around and I see how different we all are. But when we all come together, we can do something amazing. And even with Echo Church, like Andy and I say it all the time, we could never have done this without you. And so just knowing your personality, we love personality assessment tests. We love the Enneagram, the DISC profile, the 16 personalities, which is Myers-Briggs. And those are just starting points, but for you to explore, who am I, who is God calling me to be? And then last is experiences. And I think a lot of times this is where people get stuck because maybe you've had a really hard life. And I know for us, we've been meeting with a lot of you and we're constantly grabbing coffee and connecting and even emailing and texting and seeing and hearing your stories. Like it's sometimes it's us using the pain or using like past circumstances to help propel people to not have to go through that. Maybe it's sharing your story and maybe it's private and you're still on a journey of like figuring things out and you're healing. But I think that a lot of times our experiences have affected us, right? Good and bad, but it's just using that and even asking God, like, how can I help someone? You know, for me, I was a hot mess teenager. My mom and dad are here. They loved me through those years. But it was, you know, why I did youth ministry for 13 years was I wanted to help teens not make the same portrait choices that I made
3: yep and so what Christy just shared there is some framework and a book and she teaches this through echo culture and if you want to learn a little bit more about figuring out your shape and how God has wired you to live with a purpose this is some is a great practical tool to begin to identify uh, maybe next steps in your life at the same time, we're not all about just figuring out purpose, but we also want to live on mission. And in the next couple of weeks, I believe that we're going to take uh, some time and just talk about what are some missions that we want to do individually. What are some missions that we want to get on collectively? What are some tasks? What is the difference that we want to make, not only individually, but collectively? And, and I just want, on a practical level, just tell you, to live on mission, you've got to understand a few things. To stay on mission, on task, on what God wants you to accomplish in your everyday life, the three things we must understand is this: is to live within a god sized a god type of mission you 're always going to be inconvenienced i don 't think I mean we have our mission and we 're on our task i think I think it 's a golden idea that that god 's plan and his purpose and his mission just greatly just align with exactly what we're hoping. But I, to, I hate to break it to you. Most of the time, a mission will inconvenience you. You see that in the, the story of the, the Good Samaritan. You see that, that the, the man who helped him was also on task and going in a certain direction, had a mission, but was inconvenienced to better someone else's life. Number two, a god sized a God-type of mission will take you out of your comfort zone. It will stretch you. You you will need to step out in order to step in. And then lastly, as we close here, is a God-sized mission will require you to trust God more than you trust yourself. Has anybody ever been there in life? you know that you have a purpose, that God has designed you in a certain way to be effective in a, in, in a certain time, but it took a lot to just step out and to live within the mission. And I know we're not talking about the practical realities of what we're to do or how we're to do it, but I just want to throw it up to the church. I want to throw it up to you individually. Let's be people who live with purpose, but stay on mission. And and today I just acknowledge that some of you, you've walked in here and you've got a lot of questions about God. You you don't, you wouldn't even say you know God. For some of you, you used to know God. Maybe you would term it like this. I feel distant from God. And what we hope Echo can be for you today is a fresh start. For some of you, you, you're hurt. Some of the life experiences you've gone through have left you broken have left you wanting. And today we wanna to invite you into a relationship with God, just like God designed it from the beginning. That God desires to have a personal relationship with you. And many of us that call Echo our home, that's where we're at. But one thing we've committed to do is to pray this type of prayer. We're gonna pray in a moment. That's just a really good start for everybody, but it's also a good reminder for those that are called by Jesus, that have a relationship with God to stay on mission. So church, I'm gonna ask that you stand up with me today. And as we do it every week, for those that have never prayed a prayer like this, I want to collectively help them pray it. And so would you read this with me and pray, make it your prayer, Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and Jesus' authority. And everybody said...
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Echo Church podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take just a second to share it with a friend or family member who might need to hear this word today. And if you're feeling alone, lost, have a question, or want help with anything, please reach out to us. We are the slash contact. We would love to help you no matter who you are or where you're at. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more, make sure to head over to that website, wearetheecho.church to get all the details and upcoming services and events.